y'all. Blends. Episode 5 of the new podcast, Oddly Adulting. That's probably ranking way up there as the lamest potential way for me to start the podcast. But I've had some fits and starts this time sitting down. Um, my husband was very like, um, okay, it's ready for you out there. Do you know how, do you know how to do everything? Like, can you, can you do it? Like, do you know how to do it? And I was like, yes, I know how to do it. You know, I'm like a pro now. (laughs) Duh. Just plug in the microphone and go. So of course I get out here and I plug in the microphone and I go and guess what? It's like, it sounds like I'm talking from a really far distance away. Like I'm down, like I'm in a hallway. Hello. Can anyone hear me? (laughs) And I figured, I did finally figure it out, but yeah, apparently I don't really know how to just plug it in and go. So, and then as I was trying to fix it, I got a phone call and that was weird. But anyway, um, one day I will come up with an efficient and engaging way to start this, but that day is not today. So, uh, here we are and I kind of, you know, I don't know what exactly my method is for deciding what I'm going to talk about since I don't really have like a, a niche yet. Um, or will I ever, I don't know, (laughs) that remains to be seen since I don't really have a niche other than just, you know, talking about things that I want to talk about. Like, it's my podcast. I'll talk about what I want to. (laughs) That's basically where I'm at with this. But obviously I want it to, um, hold value for the people that are listening. So (laughs) I'm trying to make it interesting. But I was, I was waffling between two different topics to talk about tonight because the one topic was potentially going to be about the book that I wrote. Um, and you know, what's funny is that I like sort of forgot that I did that. <laughs> and then today I was doing school with the kids and a couple of my oldest daughter's textbooks now that she's middle school age, um, her books, they're not really textbooks cause they're. They're like narrative style. Anyway, a couple of her books that she's reading for school, I was able to get really cheap or free by doing the Kindle version. And so like, I definitely, I try to opt for the Kindle version um, when it makes sense. And so this definitely made sense because it was the difference between, you know, like $30 for a book or like four. So obviously Kindle one, but I was, I was scrolling through my Kindle and I I found on my Kindle, my book (laughs) that I wrote and I was like, Oh, I totally forgot I did that. Um, which tells you how successful it's been recently. Um, not very, (laughs) there was a surge of interest when I published it in 2016 through the Kindle publishing and it's still out there. Um, you can still buy it, but, um, but I get now it's like maybe every couple months I'll randomly get, um, my little royalty check from Amazon and I'll be like, Oh yeah, the book. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, that's kind of funny that I wrote a book and I forgot about it. So maybe I could talk about that. But, um, then the other thing was that I, we came back from, um, a two week long, um, 
road trip. I don't know exactly what to call it. Road trip, camping trip. It was both of those things. Um, and I want to talk about the trip because it was just, it, we had never done anything like that. So, um, I could go several different directions with that, but anyway, ultimately between those two things, I decided to talk about the trip because, um, also fresh on my mind, I was going through pictures on my computer. I had downloaded all of my pictures yesterday from my, um, SD card off of my big camera. And so I was being reminded, you know, I was kind of like reliving it. And there were, uh, quite a number of things that occurred on this trip that we can file under the, like, lessons learned category. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm gonna, that's what I decided to do tonight. But, you know, if you want to hear about the book, you will, you will get to, cause now it's, now it's back in my mind. So don't worry. I'll hit that eventually. Not that you are worried. You're probably, you're probably worried, more worried that it's just going to bore you to death when I tell you about it. But anyway, um, but before I talk about the, uh, the epic road trip, that's what we were kind of calling it. The epic road trip. Before I talk about that, I had two, two little, two little things, two little random odd segments I wanted to do. And the first one was inspired by, uh, what I made for dinner. So I made, uh, I have a child staring at me through the door. What do you need? You're hungry? I'm so sorry. The kitchen is closed. I think you need to go talk to your dad about that. Anything that you need, he can handle. Nope. I told you I would see you at bedtime. Love you. Oh, well, we knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> um, my children all have hollow legs. I don't know if it's, this is like, I don't know if they're all three having a growth spurt at the same time or, um, we've had to make some dietary changes to deal with some skin issues that, um, my youngest daughter is having, so we're not having as many, like, maybe filler items. I don't know. But they're hungry all the time, especially that one. She is hungry all the time. Um, she, like, wakes up in the middle of the night starving to death, and I have to feed her applesauce at 1 o'clock in the morning. So, um, anyway, that completely derailed my thoughts. Oh, yes, dinner. Oh, I was talking about dinner. How ironic. <laughs> so, I made dinner tonight, and I make dinner most nights. Um, but I, tonight for dinner, what I made was huevos rancheros, which is one of my favorite things to make for dinner because it's just so easy. It comes together really fast. It's, it's literally one of those 30 minute meals. Like I go in the kitchen and 30 minutes later we're eating. So, um, I, I make it, I, um, I like oven fry potatoes. I dice up red potatoes and toss them in olive oil and salt and pepper and garlic and oven fry them. And then I, on the stove top, I make, um, some sausage usually crumbled like ground sausage and then, um, fry up some eggs, put it all together, dump some salsa on top. And then if we've got, if I have an avocado, I'll cut up an avocado and throw it on top to make it look fancy. So tonight I was doing that and I was cutting up the avocado, which side note, it was, I had cut up two avocados and it was the two weirdest avocado pits I've ever seen because one of them was 
tiny, like the size of a, like a marble. And then the other one was enormous, like the biggest one. So the fact that I pulled both of these avocados out of the same bag from Costco and one of them had this freakishly tiny pit and the other one had a enormous one. So of course, you know, I did the, I did the logical thing and I took a picture of it and I posted it on Facebook and I was like, what is this about? And someone commented classic, what did she say? Oh, let me see if I can remember. She said classic, oh, classic example of endomorph versus ectomorph. And I was like, I don't have a clue what that means. So Google, thank you, went to the Googles and it's a, it's a, it's a way to describe body type where now I don't remember which is which. I probably still have it up here on my phone. Let's consult. Yep. Here it is. Okay. So endomorph would be where you, uh, here it is. The endomorph body type tends to gain weight faster and keep it on. And the ectomorph is lean and long with difficulty building muscle. So, um, obviously the endomorph avocado was the one with the huge pit and the ectomorph was with the small one, or was it the, is it the other way around? I don't know. Someone should email me oddlyadulting at gmail.com and explain this to me. But my witty comeback was the only ectomorph I know about is that Ghostbusters slash Kool-Aid commercial mashup of my childhood. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Ecto cooler, right? Okay. Anyway. Uh, but that's, I, again, classic classic example of, I told you that story so I could tell you this story. So the weird avocado that I made, that I cut up to eat with dinner, reminded me of the fact that we have a funny word. It's an odd thing that our family does. I I think every family does this. I, you have like, every family like develops their own little family lexicon where you have words that your family uses that are not normal or they're not normal. It's a word that you're using it in a weird way because you because it became a thing in your family. So like a perfect example for this story is that when my oldest was little bitty, I was making guacamole and she said, what's that? You know, and I said, it's guacamole. And, she, and she, oh, okay. And so then later at the dinner table, she said, I want some more halawaka. <laughs> And I was like, Halawaka? She's like, yeah, Halawaka, you made it. It's great. And I was like, oh, your word for guacamole is Halawaka. That's so cute. So now we call it Halawaka 110% of the time. Uh, avocado, guacamole, either one. It's called a Halawaka. So um, I love stuff like that. I just think it's so funny and unique. I think it's what makes every family have its own little quirks and stuff is that we all, we all do this. We all have these. Um, another one that really comes to mind really easily is that instead of saying, excuse me, we say Junji. And again, that's because, you know, when our oldest child was a baby and everything she did was adorable and she learned how to, I was trying to teach her to say, excuse me. She said, Junji. And so then, you know, I said, Oh, Junji. And then it just became a thing. So now we say Junji. Um, I don't know how you spell that. So don't ask me. And then the other funny one is that, um, I hadn't, and I had no idea where this came from until 
uh, a while back, I, I saw, I don't know how I ended up seeing this video, but I, I saw this video about funny things that Midwesterners say. And probably I clicked on it because I just have a, a, a general amount of interest for that kind of stuff. I love um, linguistic stuff. One of my favorite class I took in college was linguistics. And I almost changed my entire career plan to become a speech pathologist because I was like, this is so fascinating. Um, but anyway, it's this, it's this video of it's this girl and she's dressed up like real hokey, like, like she just like pranced right out of a cornfield. She's got, you know, overalls on or whatever. And she's, (laughs) she's explaining by doing this, this goofy video, all the reasons that a Midwesterner might say the word, Ope. And so I started watching the video and I was like, this is so weird. And so she's like, ran out of gas on the side of the road. Oh, you know, or like left your lunch at school or left your lunch at home. Oh, you know, or, um, you know, forgot to bring your tractor to ride your tractor to school day. Oh, and so I'm laughing along to this video thinking this is so ridiculous. And then, um, it like kind of went on with my life and later that day something happened and I said, Oh, and then I thought, Oh no, Oh no, I've assumed this thing. Like it's now it's stuck in my brain. That's the opposite of what happened, y'all. I actually discovered by watching the video that I say, Ope. It, it was already part of my personal vocabulary. Like if, uh, you know, you're feeding the baby and you, you like a spoonful of food, but it drips on their chin. You're like, Oh, let me get that. <laughs> I mean, all the time. It's one of those things I say all the time. And the funny part, the, the thing I realized is I thought, I have no idea where I got this. How could I possi- possibly gotten this? I'm not from the Midwest. I'm from the South, y'all. Like, I say other stuff wrong, you know? But but then I, I figured it out. My, my mom's whole side of the family is from Minnesota. And they all say, oh, so that was probably, it's probably genetic. It's probably a genetic defect. Anyway. If your family has interesting words that are part of your family lexicon, I would love to hear them. I won't talk about them on air unless you tell me to, but tell me. Tell me what it is that your family says that's funny or weird. And if I think of any more before this show is over, I'll add them in at the end. But, um, okay. So, now we're going to talk about my epic road trip. Because, first of all, episode four... I feel like it was way too long. I was embarrassed when it was over that I had managed to talk that long. So, um, so I'm really trying not to do that. You know, I really, I want you to be entertained and interested, but not like not bored. Okay. So if I'm boring you, please email me. Don't just stop listening. Stop listening and then email me. (laughs) Anyway, we took the epic road trip. Okay. And it was epic for so many reasons. Um, I started calling it that at the beginning of the trip, like before any of the things that happened along the way had transpired. So it was just the more time we were on the road, the more epic it became. Um, I, I chose that. I was kind of being ironic about it because I love, I like making like goofy and ironic and snarky hashtags. 
I like hashtagging my posts that are not on Twitter because I don't, I'm not on Twitter. So I don't even use, I understand that the hashtag is not even meant, it's not meant for Facebook, you know, it's meant for Twitter. That's where it started. And I guess Instagram now has co-opted the hashtag, but I started hashtagging when hashtagging was, was like the total wrong thing to do on Facebook. I did it sort of like ironically, but now it's everywhere anyway. So I started, I was tagging my posts, like my daily updates, you know, hashtag epic road trip 2019. So, um, setting out, you know, we had no, we had no idea. We, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into because we have never done anything like this before. We have been camping for a long time as a family when our oldest two, we didn't have our third yet. She was still just... A twinkle in her daddy's eye, as they say. Um, our oldest two were three and one. They were like three and a half and one and a half. You know, 18 months was, our middle girl was 18 months old. Um, my husband was like, I want to start camping. I want camping to be our family thing. Like, I want us to do camping trips, you know. And I did not grow up camping. I went on exactly one camp out with my Girl Scout troop, which was so, um, suburban, like suburbia that my mom actually jokingly called it Troop Beverly Hills because that's how not rugged we were. (laughs) And on our one camping trip that we went on, we went to some, I'm assuming it was a Girl Scout camp. I couldn't tell you where it was now, but it was a Girl Scout camp. We didn't even, we didn't even camp in tents. Y'all, we slept in the dining hall in our sleeping bags on the floor. <laughs> there was no camping involved at all. No tents, no nothing. Like they said, bring a flashlight, didn't need to use it. You know, they said, bring bug spray, didn't crack the can open. <laughs> so I do remember playing Bloody Mary in the bathroom at 2am, but there was absolutely no camping that occurred. So I had zero you know, I had zero skills for camping. And so, and I thought, you are insane. Boy, we have two young children. Like, who's going to do all the, you know, how, how are we going to, I mean, diaper, like there's diapers. We have to deal with diapers, you know? Well, so we struck a deal and I said, I will, I will try camping, but I am not tent camping. I am not sleeping on the ground. Um, you know, where a snake can slither by, casually or whatever. Like I need to be in a camper. And so this was close to 10 years ago, nine years ago. And we didn't, we barely had two nickels to rub together. Like I had just become a stay at home mom, you know, so we were one income family. And so we determined, um, very quickly that the only, also we, we had a tiny little car. It was technically an SUV, but it was the smallest SUV you could buy other than like a RAV4. Um, it was a Mazda Tribute. I don't even think they make them anymore. Um, I'm sure they don't because I haven't seen one since the day ours died. (laughs) Anyway, that's a different story for another day, which I will tell because it also involves camping. But anyway, um, so we bought this, we found this, um, pop up on Craigslist for 1200 bucks. And it came with, it advertised that it came with all the stuff to go camping, like sleeping bag, I mean, sleeping bags, even like sleeping bags, pots and pans, 
little porta potty thing because most pop ups don't have potties, you know, the whole the whole deal. And so and it was light enough that we could tow it with our little Mazda tribute. So we were like, all right, we're all in for camping. So we did. We started camping and we camped in a pop up trailer for seven years. And so we like we really earned our camping trailer. <laughs> I feel like we put a lot of um, camping trips in that pop up behind us when we two years ago bought our or not. No, sorry, not two years ago. Last year when last year we bought our travel trailer and it is again, we don't drive a big, big old. We don't have a big black jacked up truck. Um, we have a big blue most importantly, paid off Suburban. (laughs) So we had to go conservative with the camper that we bought. And so what we ended up with was a little, it's the smallest one you can buy, just about a 21 foot camper with a bathroom and a kitchen and like three feet of counter space, which is amazing in a camper. You, You almost can never find any counter space at all. Um, and then it has a, a bunk section where the bottom is a double bunk and the top is a single bunk. And when we were looking at the camper, um, I asked the girls, I was like, girl, I mean, now girls, like you're going to have to sleep two on the bottom bunk. I mean, that's the deal. It's a, it's a double bunk on the bottom, but it's not like, I don't even think it's as big as your bed at home, which they, my older two share a full size bed right now, but Um, they're like, we promise, we swear, we'll sleep in it forever, we'll never complain, we'll love it forever, please daddy, please, please daddy, please, please daddy, please. And I just let them lie straight to his face (laughs) because I wanted that camper real bad too. (laughs) So we convinced him to buy us this camper and, um, he immediately started talking about going on some kind of insane cross-country road trip. And I was like, whoa, slow your roll, buddy. Like, we just moved up to a camper from a pop-up. Like, let's get, you know, let's get some, some local, (laughs) local trips. You know, let's get, like, up until this point in time, the farthest we'd really ever gone camping was, like, six hours away. And so I said, uh, I'm gonna need you to table that idea until we get, you know, the hang of this thing. So that was last April that we bought the camper. And last August, some of our friends who love camping, um, and go camping a lot, they, they get to go a lot more often than we do, but, um, they had, this was like their third summer in a row of going on a big long haul trip out West. And so they came back from the Grand Canyon and they were like, y'all have to come with us. It's so awesome. You know, we, we go and we do all this hiking and it's great and you get to see things and the kids will get to see stuff they've never seen. And next year we're going to Yellowstone. Y'all should come. We want you to come. And I was like, you're crazy. I don't have, I don't think I have, I don't think I have the setup for that. Like they have a really sweet setup. Okay. They have a fifth wheel that they pull with a Freightliner. And if you don't know what a Freightliner is, it's the cab for a semi truck. Like it's what is bumping down the road, pulling semis. Okay. Tractor trailer, you know, it's the real deal. It's got a diesel. It runs on diesel. It's got a tank big enough that they can go 600 miles between Phillips. All right. So they are set like they're going out West and they have no problem. And I'm looking at my rig and I'm like, 
This is a 2008 Suburban with 257,000 miles on it. I don't know if this is wise. <laughs> so it took her from August to January of talking up their trip plans and their itinerary and her sending me, you know, look, we're going to be, I'm thinking about this campground from when we go. And finally in August, she said, I'm booking the Yellowstone campground today. You should do it. Come on. You should do it. And so I was like, you know what? Chris wants to do it. Like I, sh we should just do it. Let's do it. And so on a whim, I didn't even, I didn't even check with him first. I just was like, okay, fine. Tell me, tell me what website I need to go to or tell me who to call. I'll book it. So we, so I booked the six days, six nights at the campground in Yellowstone. And then I told Chris, Hey, so huh, want to go on a really huge long camping trip this fall? And he was, had way few, way fewer reservations about it than I did, but it still took him a minute to be like, wait, what have you done? <laughs> so at any rate, following in our friends, very, um, uh, they're very, what's the word I'm looking for? They're very, um, seasoned, um, yeah, uh, well-traveled. What is the word I'm looking for? Capable? I don't know. Anyway, she can plan a trip like nobody's business. So I pretty much just rode her coattails of planning the whole way. And whenever she, she'd say, go book this for this night. Okay, I'll do it. Whatever. So, um, the only, um, uh, contribution that I wanted to add in for the getting to Yellowstone leg of the trip was that I wanted to go, I looked at the map and I realized we are going to be really close to DeSmet, South Dakota, which is where Laura Ingalls lived when the book, um, Little, let's see, uh, The Long Winter, Little Town on the Prairie, These Happy Golden Years, and By the Shores of Silver Lake. That's the first one. I said those in the totally wrong order. But By the Shores of Silver Lake is the first one. That's where they lived when they lived in the surveyor's house. And so I got to looking and I found out that the surveyor's house is still there. And you can go tour it. And then not only that, you can go tour the house that Paul built in town. That he that was where he and... Ma and Mary lived out there into the entire, until the end of their lives. Paul and Ma and Mary are buried there. And then on the outside of town, the property, the homestead property where the Ingalls lived, where they had staked their claim, is now a, a whole thing. It's called the Ingalls Homestead. And lo and behold, you can even camp there. And I was like, we have to do it. I want to camp on the plane. I want my feet to be on the same grass you know, where Laura's feet were. So they obliged, um, they humored me and we added that trip to the itinerary. So anyway, it was, it ended up being, um, 16 nights and just under, I think we clocked right at 4,800 4, miles traveled over the span. It was 17 traveling days total because it was 16 nights. And then we drove home all the way on the last day, 17 days of traveling, 16 nights camping and right around, you know, just under 5,000 miles traveled. 
and we learned some stuff <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, first thing, first things first, you, if you dare to travel by car and the car is a 2008 Suburban 1500 with 257,000 miles on it. <laughs> no matter how much work you put into that vehicle before you leave town, you will spend money on your vehicle to make sure it can get all the way back home again. So, um, our car already has a new engine. That happened, uh, I think two years ago. Yes, it was two years ago and it was the day after Christmas. We went out to the car and turned it on. It was making kind of a funny noise. My husband made a poor choice and asked me to help him troubleshoot it. And maybe I didn't really follow directions exactly like I was supposed to when he was doing the thing where he was, it's the... It's that stuff called like sea foam or whatever, where you run sea foam through the engine and you kind of like, you have to like, you have to like rev the engine up to a certain number of RPMs and then you have to leave it there. And so at some point in the process of me being the one revving the engine up to who knows how many thousands of RPMs and him sticking his head in the engine compartment, I got freaked out and I backed off a little bit. And that was my mistake because, hello train, because... Yeah, it kind of bent one of the rods in the engine. And so we sort of had to, like, replace the engine. <laughs> Oops. So, um, I'm really nervous now about car stuff because I'm like, the last time we tried to do anything with the car, we had to buy a new engine. So, but he's not. He's totally confident. He grew up working on cars. His first car was a fixer-upper kind of thing. Actually, most most of our cars have been fixer-uppers. We don't buy new cars. Um, we have never bought a new car. We usually, usually the cars that we buy have about 100,000 miles on them when we purchase them. And so we get put, you know, a good bit of work into each of them, getting them um, all tuned up or whatever from the point when we take ownership. And so he has done the same with the Suburban. He even, oh gosh, this is a total rabbit trail. But he even last year, he decided that he had, he had a 2004 Chevy Colorado lightweight truck. That was fine. It ran fine. Um, it wasn't anything special. You couldn't tow anything with it. But like, he just decided it wasn't very fun to work on. And he wanted a car, he wanted a truck that was more fun to work on. So he went on Craigslist. <laughs> And he found, um, he found someone who had a 1994, okay, so remember, he had a 2004 Chevy Colorado. He found someone that had a 1994 Chevy Silverado, and they swapped, like, just one for one. They, on the title, on the bill of sale, they put one penny that they, <laughs> that he bought it for one cent. He came home. I was like, where's your, where's your truck? And he's like, oh, I swapped it. And I was like, what? This isn't like a test drive? He's like, no, we swapped. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh man. Anyway, so now he, he loves working on some Chevy engines. So he got a lot of opportunities to do that while we were driving our just about 5,000 miles <laughs> because, 
Um, on the way out there, we had a strange evening where it was the night that we... Okay, let me just give you the quick um, itinerary that we followed. Okay, we left where we live, which is down in the deep south. And we went to Nashville for one night. Then we went to Columbia, Missouri for one night. Then we went to DeSmet, South Dakota for one night. Then we went to the Badlands, which is also in South Dakota, for one night. Then we got to our... The, the fifth night was our final destination as far as being in the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone. So we were staying right between the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone. Then we stayed there for six nights. Then our friends broke off and they went their own direction. They went north to do more of Yellowstone and then they had some other stuff they wanted to do up there. We went south because... We wanted to hit another Laura Ingalls historic site, the one in Kansas where Little House on the Prairie occurred. But we went, so we went south out of the Grand Tetons and we stopped one night in Denver. Then we stayed two nights in Kansas. Then we stayed three nights in Arkansas. And then we drove all the way home from Arkansas on the last day. So day number one, everything's good. Day number two, everything's good. Day number three, everything's fine. We got the truck really super dirty driving through some mud, which was annoying. But then day number four, we arrive in the Badlands. And about the time we enter the Badlands and we're driving around, like the Badlands are incredible. They're also super creepy to me. I think they are. Not everybody thought that. Um, two of my kids, it was actually their favorite thing me. It was my least favorite. It made me so anxious. But um, they're just amazing to look at. And you're driving slowly through the park looking at all the different formations. And you're just like, wow, that's incredible. Oh, look at that. That's incredible. Look at this one. Oh, every around every corner is something different. And so we had the windows all the way, all the windows, all the way down, you know, the wind's blowing through our hair. And pretty soon the kids are like, what's that smell? Ew, gross. Who did it? You know, and someone's like, whoever smelled it, dealt it. And we're all in the car and we're all like, yeah, that is, that's bad. That's like sulfur, like rotten egg smell. And then my husband says the word that triggers me the most. He's driving along and he goes, uh-oh. And I'm like, what? Uh-oh, what? What? Uh-oh, what? 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 Why'd you say that? What's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, think that smells coming from the engine. I'm like, oh my word, it's happening. It's happening. Like the car's dying. It's dying. It's going to leave us here. We're going to be stuck here in the Badlands forever. I'm already scared of this place. Now we're going to have no car. And how do you get it? Did they have mechanics here? Where's the town? And how do we, and he's like, he sees me freaking out. And so he's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's probably, it's probably nothing. It's probably not. And then I go, what do you mean? It's probably, and then he kind of trails off. He's like, it's probably nothing. And then he trails off and I go, nothing what? And he goes, Nothing that $5,000 won't fix. And I'm like, oh my God, our, our, our vacation is ruined. You know, our trip is terrible. We're not even to Yellowstone yet. We have to drive nine hours tomorrow and our cars. So anyway, long story short, I start Googling, which I really should never do, but I always do. It's something I'm working on. It's a habit I'm trying to break. And I, the Google tells me it's probably the catalytic converter. And, but good news it also says that even if your catalytic converter goes bad, you can pretty much drive on it like that forever. It'll just stink like rotten eggs <laughs> everywhere you go. So I report this to Chris and he's like, oh, cool. Okay. Well, I'm not worried anymore. And I'm like, really? 
So I wake up the next day. We we wake up in the Badlands and we had to get an early start because like I said, we had a nine hour driving day ahead of us. And so we got going and no egg smell. And so like one hour goes by, two, three, four, no egg smell, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We make it all the way to Yellowstone, no egg smell. And basically for the rest of the trip, we really didn't smell it. And so Chris, Chris is a, his opinion is, um, or his theory or whatever, is that he thinks that, yes, the catalytic converter was having some sort of issue, but that it like, it worked itself out basically. <laughs> like it cleared a blockage that has probably been building up on the car for, you know, a decade. Cause that's how old the car is. So anyway, that was not the last thing that happened with the car. In fact, that was the cheapest thing. Cause we didn't even do anything about it. Um, at some point our, um, AC fan motor, blower, blower motor. I think I'm saying that wrong. AC blower motor, um, started acting up. And the only way to fix it was for me to kick underneath. Like there's a, well, it's probably a guard so that you're not kicking the AC blower motor, but there's a plastic black plastic piece, you know, under the dash on the passenger side. So every time the thing would start acting up, he'd be like, kick it. And so I'd have to be over there kicking this thing to get the air to run. So at some point halfway across on our return trip, halfway across Colorado, we had to stop at an O'Reilly and, and buy a replacement and install it because it was hot as the Dickens outside and we were dying in the car and we still had like five hours to go till Kansas. So, um, I think there was some other thing he did. Uh, he had to go into town for some other reason. He went into Jackson Hole one day to do something. Maybe it was that same thing. He tried to find it in Jackson Hole. It was the wrong one. And we decided to live with it. Then halfway across Colorado, we were like, we can't live like this anymore. It's too sweaty in here. And so then we stopped. So that um, that got us all the way to Kansas. And then we made it into Arkansas. And Arkansas, also hot. Arkansas is kind of like the armpit of America. There's, it's, you cannot catch a breeze there to save your life. Like I've been to Arkansas a few times and every time I've gone there, I've said, I am never coming back here. This is the last time. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's right in the middle of the country where if you want to go anywhere, you have to drive through Arkansas. But, um, last night in Arkansas, we, or last day, the last day in Arkansas, well, well, oh gosh, I've been going for such a long time now. This is way longer than I meant for it to be. Um, last couple of days on our way into Arkansas, he notices that the coolant for the radiator appears to be diminishing. And so every leg of, every leg of the trip to Arkansas, every time we stopped, stopped for gas, he'd crack the hood, look in, and he was, it was to the point to where he was having to add coolant every time. So we get to Arkansas, we do the thing that we wanted, like we had two full days there. So the first day we were just doing stuff locally at the campground. So we weren't really driving around. So he wasn't feeling like he wanted to mess with it. Well, then the last day or the last full day before we are driving home day, we decided to drive into hot springs to go to hot springs national park, because why not? We were already so close by. We might as well go and get our little passport stamped 
Side note, Hot Springs National Park is really weird and I don't recommend it. But on the way home from that, he really noticed, he's like, yeah, there's really something going on with the radiator. But he didn't tell me that because he didn't want me to freak out about it. So we got back to the campground and the campground had a water park attached to it. It was a state park and then it had a water park. And that water park, if you had asked my six-year-old, what are you most excited about about our trip? She would have said the water park. I want to go to the water park. I want to go to the water park, water park, water park, water park. Okay. This was the most rinky dink water park you've ever seen. Still, still now you ask her, what was your favorite part? The water park. So we had to go to the water park. We knew we had to go to the water park. So that's what we did. We went to the water park. We were there for like three hours. We leave about three o'clock. We come back to the campground, to our campsite. And he gets our oldest daughter to get in the car and start helping him try and figure out what's going on with the radiator. And lo and behold, he determines at five o'clock on Saturday before we are supposed to be leaving at, I don't know, the crack of dawn Sunday, like 6 a.m. to drive home, that we have a busted radiator and that he needs to replace it. I was like, why have you not been working on this all day? He's like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I don't know. But, you know, I'll, I'll work on it now. And I'm like, yeah, you will. So he was thankfully able to find the radiator that he needed at um, a town rather nearby. It only took him about an hour round trip to go buy it and come back. He was able to get the radiator he needed, and he had fortuitously packed all the tools you would need to replace a radiator. And so by, but by this time, like, the sun was going down. Um, So by headlamp and by lantern light, he set up a little mobile mechanic shop in in our parking spot of our campsite, and he he replaced the radiator on the car. So he was, after all was said and done, he was my hero, but that was something, I mean, it was so funny because the, the pro, the protest that I made from, from the beginning of starting to plan the trip was that I just didn't think it was a good idea with our car. I was like, our car is just too old. It's got too many miles on it. Like anything could go wrong, you know, mountain driving, like what's that about pulling the can? I don't know. Like we've never tried to go this far or this long or anything. And As it turned out, that did kind of end up being true. But at the same time, nothing happened that we weren't able to handle. And so as a result, we're now planning a trip to Maine next year. (laughs) And by then I intend to have a new, well, I already have a new radiator, but I'm also going to make sure that I I should probably get a new transmission. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Um... Maybe a secondary engine cooler. Uh, let's see, what else could possibly go wrong? Timing belt? No, it's, see, we don't have a timing belt. We have a chain. Maybe we'll just get a new chain just for funsies, you know. Uh, but, yeah, we're we're crazy. We're now officially crazy. Like, even after driving 5,000 miles in two weeks and having to replace, like, car parts in campgrounds, we're still going to, we're still going to forge on and let Big Blue... That's what we call our car, Big Blue. We're going to let Big Blue take us all the way to Maine next year, Lord willing. So there's a whole lot more I could say about that trip. In fact, that was really, that was only one, that was only one of multiple lessons learned on the epic road, hashtag epic road trip 2019. But 
I can't possibly keep talking or I will lay awake tonight um, thinking how embarrassing it, it is that this episode went on that long. So if you were entertained by all of this and you wish that I had talked for longer, if, if a person such as that were to exist, maybe that person would have email and maybe they could send me an email to oddlyadulting at gmail.com and tell me, never stop talking about the epic road trip, even if you look and you're at 45 minutes. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. How am I not going to just go delete this the second that I saw it? Hmm. All right. Well, that just, I mean, that, uh, that leaves all there is left for me to say is that my intro music is by Kevin McLeod. It's called Winner Winner. And if you made it all the way through this unbelievably long, drawn out podcast about one thing that I learned on our epic road trip, I love you and Jesus does too. Bye. Thank you.